0: Now, if you would like to follow along in your Bible, I'll be reading from Matthew chapter 21, verses 1 to 11. We've done a fair bit of reading this morning, so I thought it would be good to uh, refresh our memories on this morning's text that I'll be preaching from. That's Matthew 21, verses 1 to 11. When they had come near Jerusalem and had reached Bethpage at the Mount of Olives, Jesus said to his, sent two disciples saying to him, go into the village ahead of you and immediately you'll find a donkey tied and a colt with her. Untie them and bring them to me. If anyone says anything to you, just say this, the Lord needs them and he will send them immediately. This took place A very large crowd spread their cloaks on the road, and others cut branches from the trees and spread them on the road. The crowds that went ahead of him and that followed were shouting, Hosanna to the Son of David! Blessed is the one who comes in the name of the Lord! Hosanna in the highest heaven! When he entered Jerusalem, the whole city was in turmoil, asking, who is this the crowds were saying this is the prophet jesus from nazareth in galilee our dear gracious and heavenly father pray uh, that you would add your blessing to the reading proclamation and preaching of your word and father i pray that you would grant each and every one of us understanding in the name of your son and our savior In Jesus' name, amen. Our passage this morning features a procession unlike anything witnessed in all human history. There were no military soldiers, no prisoners of war, no trophies, no white stallion, no leading figures of this city giving speeches. There was no grand display of military might and power, but rather a procession of praise, palm branches, and the promised king of Israel. Palm Sunday marks the beginning of Holy Week, where God's people call to mind Jesus' triumphal entry into Jerusalem, where he reveals himself as king. Now, if I were to summarize Matthew 21:1 to 11 in one sentence, it would be this, Jesus is the promised king who came to save his people. He is the promised king who came to save his people. Jesus' journey into Jerusalem marked the end of his three-year ministry in the region of Galilee. And During those three years, Jesus demonstrated in word, in signs and miracles, and fulfillment of numerous Old Testament promises that he is the true Messiah, descendant from the line of David. Matthew 21 begins with Jesus commissioning two of his disciples to go into the village ahead of them where they would immediately find a donkey tied. They were instructed to untie the donkey and her colt and bring them to the Lord. If the owner were to say anything at all, all they would need to say is that the Lord needs them and that they would be on their way. Verse 6 tells us that the disciples went and did as Jesus had directed them. No need to search. No questions asked. At the appointed time, at the very appointed place, the donkey and her colt were untied and brought to the Lord. Now, Jesus is very deliberate in using a donkey to enter Jerusalem. Why? Well, Matthew 4 tells us, That this took place to fulfill what had been spoken by the prophet. That Jesus is the promised king. He is the promised king. In verse 5, Matthew quotes Zechariah 9, verse 9, proclaiming, Tell the daughter of Zion, that is the people of Jerusalem, Look, your king is coming to you, humble and mounted on a donkey, and on a colt, the foal of a donkey. Jesus riding on a donkey into Jerusalem is the exact fulfillment of Zechariah's prophecy made 500 years before the birth of Christ. Matthew is showing us that Jesus is the promised King of Israel, triumphant and victorious. Now what may be understood by us as followers of Jesus was not fully understood by the crowds that day. That Jesus is not only the promised king of Israel, but he is, the promised, he is the king, actually, of the universe. Jesus, the king of Israel, who rode into Jerusalem, is the same Lord who is the giver of life whom the universe was created. Jesus, the promised king who rode into Israel, is described in John's gospel as the word who became flesh and dwelt among us. He is the bread of life, the light of the world, the way, the truth, and the life, the one who humbled himself and became obedient to the point of death, even death on the cross, St. Paul tells us in his letter to the Philippians. He is the true Messiah, descendant from the line of David, Emmanuel, God with us and the King of the universe, comes to you and I as we gather here in his presence on this Palm Sunday morning. Dear beloved in Christ, whatever you are facing or going through right now, Jesus, the promised King, comes to you and I and all who truly turn to him with these words. Come to me, all you who are weary and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Friends, turn your eyes upon Jesus and trust in him who is gentle and humble in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. Jesus is the promised king. Secondly, Jesus is the promised king who came to save his people. He is the promised king who came to save his people. After a very large crowd spreads their cloaks and palm branches on the road, verse eight, the crowds that went ahead of Jesus were heard shouting, verse nine, Hosanna to the son of David. Blessed is the one who comes in the name of the Lord. Hosanna in the highest heaven. In Hebrew, Hosanna literally means, or Hoshana, it literally means, oh save. It could also be translated as God save. Christian author Simon Camilleri remarks that the people reciting Psalm 118, 25 and 26 were right to say Hosanna. The people were right to say this for that is exactly what Jesus came to do. As the promised king, Jesus came to save his people. They were simply wrong, however in how their promised king came to save his people. Theologian Donald Hagner explains how the crowds expected a king who would come and overthrow the Roman ruling authorities through aggression and force. Their thoughts concerning the messianic king, the son of David, were dominated by ideas of power, glory, and the establishment of a national political kingdom. And if you look at verses 10 and 11, Matthew describes Jerusalem in being in turmoil, asking, who is this? To which others replied, this is the prophet Jesus of Nazareth in Galilee, which of course is true. But all in all, there was a lot of confusion, and it's apparent that the people didn't fully grasp who Jesus really is and the significance of what he really came to do. Jesus's triumphal entry was not a prelude to political kingship, but rather a prelude to the cross. Jesus didn't enter Jerusalem as a warrior with a sword on a white stallion, but as a humble king riding on a donkey to save his people, to save sinners like you and I through his death on the cross. In my introduction, I said that Jesus' procession into Jerusalem was like anything ever witnessed in all human history. Well, to fully appreciate this, we need to step back and remind ourselves of the story of God's plan of redemption. As we hear every Sunday, and we'll hear a little later from Pastor Ben, that in God's infinite love, He made us for himself. And when we had sinned and rebelled against him, subjecting ourselves to evil and death, God, in his mercy, sent his only son, Jesus Christ, into the world for our salvation. Jesus became flesh and made his dwelling upon us. He preached repentance and forgiveness of sins, accompanied with miraculous signs and wonders. Then at the appointed time, Jesus fixes his eyes towards Jerusalem to fulfill his father's will. He journeys from Galilee, he passes through Jericho, he ascends up from the Judean desert, arriving at the village Bethphage. And there Jesus mounts on a donkey and descends from the Mount of Olives toward the holy city. Later that week, outside the city, in obedience to his Father's will, he stretches out his arms upon the cross and offers himself once for all, that by his suffering and death, you and I might be saved. The righteous for the unrighteous, the just for the unjust so that we may have peace with God through faith in His Son, Jesus Christ. And it is for this reason, dear friends, we take our palm branches and give praise to our King and Savior, Jesus Christ. It's for this reason, during Holy Communion, we join our voices with angels and archangels and with all the company of heaven and sing Hosanna in the highest. Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. Hosanna in the highest. It's for this reason, we come before his presence with thanksgiving and show ourselves glad in him with psalms. Tell the daughter of Zion, look, your king is coming to you, humble and mounted on a donkey. Jesus is the promised king who came to save his people. Now, what are the implications of this truth in our lives? Well, there are many, but I'll leave or conclude with with one. One implication is that of a response of thanksgiving and gratitude. May we respond by giving thanks to the Lord that his triumph has ultimately become our triumph. That the promised King now triumphs in us and through us for his glory. May we respond by giving thanks to the Lord that his victory over sin and death is our victory over sin and death. And may we respond by living a life of gratitude That with truly thankful hearts, we may show forth his praise, not only with our lips, but in our lives. Out of gratitude for his steadfast love and mercy, may we, by God's grace, live the very life, faith we profess by our love for one another as we here at St. Peter and St. Paul's share God's transforming love from the heart of Ottawa. Dear friends, as we anticipate the cross this week and the empty tomb where we declare Christ is risen, let us consider how we can live a life of thanksgiving and gratitude to the promised King who loved us and gave himself for us. May it be so for the glory of God and for the extension of his kingdom. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen.